Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. Hello and welcome to Inside Speedway. Dennis Newland is still off making the latest edition of Speedway Classics magazine, which will be out very shortly. And we're looking forward to it as well. It'll have a huge special on the man, Johnny Stewart. I know everyone's looking forward to reading that. So, battling on alone for the moment. We've got a great show for you today. Last week I mentioned some of the Australian Speedway Award winners. Well, we're speaking to two of them today, Jacqueline Eggins and the Simpsons Speedway about being the most improved track of the year and the official volunteer of the year. So that's coming up later. But we will run through all the awards because we only got through part of them last week. The track of the year was down there in Tasmania, La Trobe Speedway. The most improved track of the year, as we said, is Simpsons Speedway in Victoria. Jack Eakins, Volunteer Official of the Year from up there in the Northern Territory. Photographer of the Year is Jared Leonard. The promotional item of the year, well, it was the Chariot of Thunder promotion, Chariots of Thunder promotion, which uh, Jack Eakins was also involved with, so part of two major awards up there in the Northern Territory. The Innovation of the Year was the Outlaw Carts. The Open Wheel Competitor of the Year was Jock Gooder at Young Driver. You can listen to our interview with Jock Gooder a bit earlier in the year on sportradio.com.au. The Sedan Competitor of the Year is Kai Blight. We spoke to him as well. And the Modified Driver, Kevin Britton. You can hear his interview also at sportradio.com.au. The Karting Competitor of the Year was Alicia Fielder. The Youth Competitor, and I apologise in advance for the pronunciation, is Blake Owanow. And the Sports Person of the Year, James McFadden. And that interview with James McFadden from earlier this year is also available at sportradio.com.au. So we get the plugs out the way early on this edition of Inside Speedway. So coming up after the break, we find out more about Simpson Speedway with Alan Simons. Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au iTunes, Spotify, and the dirttrackchannel.com. Well, it's great to have on the line Alan Simmons from Simpson Speedway. And congratulations to you and the entire team at Simpson Speedway, the most improved track of the year by Speedway Australia. Yeah, no, thanks very, very, very much. A lot of, a lot of hours, a lot of hard work's gone into it. Uh, and we have a fantastic team down here to, uh, they've got the job done. What has been the big change this year that's been able to see so many developments go go forth and, and be so successfully received? Well, it sort of hasn't been the last 12, 18 months. I suppose it's been a, a building process. We sort of started with the track back eight or 10 years ago. We decided to bank it um, and, and widen the track. So we widened it five metres. Uh, we, we covered the old existing fence, the concrete outside fence, uh, up to the top with clay, so then we had to build a new fence on top of that. So that's taken us a couple of years. Um, we received the grant uh, about 18 months ago, 
called Pick My Project, and we put up new LED lighting in the centre. The other lighting was about 35 years old. So there was probably, we put in probably 20000 of our money, but there was, uh, we got a grant of about $90,000. We upgraded the lighting, then we decided to build new ticket boxes. And as the racing's got better and more uh, cars have come along, enjoyed the racing while well, the crowds have got bigger, and it's one of snowballs and we get sponsors on board that want to come on to the track. So our facilities and, and our upgrades to the track have just sort of snowballed, um, resulting probably in the, you know, the most awards and improved track this year. Everyone would drive from Melbourne and head all the way to Warrnambool, but you've really given them some uh, reasons to stop halfway along and have another race. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. We sort of started with Norm Michelle and the All-Stars a few years ago with the, the 350 show we have there, and it's the, uh, the uh, most amount of money in the Southern Hemisphere for a 360 show. It's 30000 up on the night. And um, so the Gavin White come a couple of years ago, and we had three or four Americans racing there, and he said, well, now this is the prelude leading into the classic. It sort of starts with this and then goes to Avalon and then on to, to Wonderful Mount Gambia sort of stuff. So we've... Uh, We've lifted our profile enough that we can get um, some really good competitors and overseas drivers there. What is the predominant class? Is it the 360s that you run? Uh, no, probably probably wingless. Uh, we have a lot of classes that race here. We've got classes ringing up all the time now wanting to have a run, which is exactly what we the aim was at the start of the season, uh, the start of the, um, probably eight or nine years ago, is to make the track where every class wants to come and run. So. Yeah, we, we, we raced the SRN and the SRA there with the four teams. And um, last year, we had the, the um, 360 Australian title. We also had the Formula 500 Australian title. So I'd say, you know, wingless uh, this year, well, depending on how we go with this COVID, we're supposed to have the wingless um, Victorian title and also the Formula 500 Victorian title there. And I think both cars as well. So, there's no one particular class. We run a lot of classes and uh, run them quite often. Now, the Simpson Car Club, which runs and operates the track, it's had an interesting history, hasn't it? It started in 69, but it wasn't until about 74 when you uh, got racing on the track. Yeah, nearby is a, a very big dairy farming area. And uh, around that stage, they were a clearing, uh, what they call um, the Hatesby Settlement, they were clearing with a lot of earth moving here. And uh, when a lot of the drivers went home on the weekend, uh, boys that wanted to start a speedway there sort of borrowed the gear on the weekend, as it were, and used it over the weekend and then put it back Monday morning. morning and and uh, it sort of started that way. It has gone from strength to strength. And 1.2 acres, that's a fairly big grounds to be able to uh, uh, utilise. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's a little bit bigger. Wouldn't you say 1.2 acres? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's about 15 acres all up. Oh, okay. We've, we've got there, yeah, with parking, and, and we now use a neighbour's a neighbor's, uh, a paddock to uh, park cars because we can't contain everybody in the car park now on a big night. And up to 3,000 spectators, or has it grown since then? Uh, well, no, it's uh, up to about 3,000. We're in the... We're in the um, process at the moment of sort of erecting a bit of uh, a grandstand and extending the spectator bank. At the moment, uh, the spectators don't go all the way around the track. Um, we're sort of up against one boundary fence, but uh, we're increasing the size of the bank, uh, hopefully in the, over this off-season and uh, putting up a bit of a, uh, a grandstand to cater for a few more. 
and it's it's got its own unique shape and it's got its own unique uh, a distinctive uh, layout as well with the the tight the tight and the wide turn. So you've got to really get that uh, car set up for two distinctly different sets of corners. Yeah, um, we used to call it an egg an, an egg shaped track, but uh, Terry McCarl come over and said, you know. I like racing at this place because it's cheap like an avocado. So we've gone up market now. We call it an avocado, not an egg. And um, Danny Smith uh, raced there probably seven or eight years ago now. Well, I might even be a bit longer than that. And when he had finished driving, he was going to come back to uh, Premier. He was talking about coming back to Premier to do some specialty comedy. But he wanted to come down and he wanted to race at the place that uh, was shaped like an avocado. He said, that's a real driver's sake. He said, you two, two distinct different corners, and uh, he said you can win races from the back of the field there if you know how to drive. And if you wreck there, or do you uh, claim it as a smashed avocado? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could. We used to have a lot of uh, a lot of crashes on the small end of the corner until we've banked it and widened the track. So now it's sort of, you know, if you put a sprint car side by side, you can get six cars across the track. So there's always a way. Round where they all used to race the same bit of real estate getting into that bottom corner, and uh, the good guys just get up the top and just go around. Importantly, for a lot of speedways around Australia, we're seeing government grants and particularly grants to sporting organisations. How long were you working on getting that grant, and what's your advice to other clubs and other speedways that uh, are looking for ways to do make improvements? It, it is incredibly hard. Uh, You've got to get the local community on board more than anything else, I think. Once you can, uh, um, they can see, the first couple of years was really hard, but once they could see what we could do, we were doing and what the drivers were getting more and more cars wanting to come, more and more classes ringing up saying they wanted to come and race, um, it was a bit easy to get on board. But it's really difficult to get any money out of government. They still seem to have that thing. I think a lot of people uh, in, in government see Speedway, they think Radford, no, we're not interested in that with happy to build a netball court or something like that. But when it comes to speedway, they don't actually see it as a sport. They just still sort of seem to think it's just a, 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 a heap of yahoos going around in circles sort of thing. Mm. And once you get them there, once we got the local cancels there, we used to have a junior cup every year called the Cancelers Cup. Um, once we got the cancels there and seen what's going on, we could see the junior development and the drive driving abilities of these young kids. They could see the benefits that would flow onto the roads that these kids knew how to drive and knew it was safe. And I used to explain to them, well, they're only doing 40 or 50 kilometres an hour, but you graze a brick wall doing 40, 40 or 50 kilometres an hour, you soon wake up that it hurts. So they get to know how to handle a car and know that you don't have to go on that path if you have an accident, it hurts. One of the great things is, particularly with the, the Formula 500s, is they have got that junior division where they are bringing more and more young people into the sport of speedway. Yeah, well, we've, we've jumped on board with that two or three years ago when that first started. We run it. We don't, we usually have a policy that since then we don't run any less than 10 cars in a, in a, uh, in a class or in a heat. But within young kids that we started off with probably two or three cars. And uh, as you say, they're starting to build now. We're, um, we run them with the Australian title last year. Every time we run Formula 500s, we run the junior Formula 500s. And we're getting, you know, fields are up around that 10, 8, 10. And apparently, this, from what I hear on the grapevine, there's probably another five or six that are going to fire up this year. So we, 
could have fields of 10 to 16 of them this year. Now, Simpson is a, a small town in uh, Western Victoria. How do you go yep. now that you're getting more and more competitors? How do you? Uh, how does that impact the economy in and around that uh, region? Yeah, we haven't got a lot of accommodation at Simpson. Simpson's only a small town of probably four or five, well, probably about four hundred people. It's more the Colac, uh, Cobden, Camperdown areas on the and Warrnambool that probably uh, get the benefit more of anything else. When we run, you know, uh, two day shows of Australian titles, and that's because of where they all fill up with accommodation and that sort of stuff. Um, but there's, it also brings a lot of visitors. We're only sort of half an hour off the Great Ocean Road, the Coral Fossil, so um, a lot of people come down. Um, we have camping at, at the track as well. We've got in, uh, we've put in showers and um, uh, toilets that are available 24 hours a day when we actually race. We just don't have it open all the time, but when we race, we'll come and camp. And uh, over the Australian titles last year, we had people coming down for five or six days would, would uh, camp there, use the facilities, and then uh, uh, go down the Great Action Road and make a holiday out of it. Now, as most of Australia and particularly in Victoria has been affected by COVID-19, first of all, I see that you jumped on board the iRacing. How did uh, how did that come about? How did you get involved in iRacing? Well, I've got to put my hands up here, mate. I don't... I don't know anything, Craig, about my racing. We've got a, a bloke that's pretty tech-savvy down the track, a uh, guy by the name of Stephen Wilson-Croft, and he said, we, everyone sort of eats and have a go at something, we'll uh, have a go at my racing. I handballed that over to him, and I said, well, if you can organise it, that, that'll be fine. And uh, he, he's done that basically on his pathway, and it's um, a great success with it. Now, the um, get this wrong, I'm sure. The, is it Hatesbury Stock Feeds? Hatesby Stock Feeds. Yes. Stock Feeds. Now, they've come on board naming rights sponsor of the circuit. What yep. What was their involvement in Speedway before uh, jumping on board there? Um, Matty, Bell, Matthew Belcom and his brother Brendan, Brendan Belcom both raced uh, wingless sprint cars. Brendan went into 410 sprint cars for a while, but he's uh, retired from racing. And um, when we... We were looking. We needed money to, to start the project we wanted to do with widen the track and that sort of stuff. I was uh, dairy farming at the time, and uh, I, I approached them, would you be interested in naming right sponsor of the track? And they jumped on board and have been naming right sponsor now for probably close on 10 years. And without their support, their, the financial support they put in the track, um, winning the most improved, Back in Australia wouldn't have been possible to be quite honest. I'm speaking with Alan Simmons, the president of the uh, Simpson Car Club, and well, the Simpson Speedway, as we as we mentioned, has picked up the most improved track. This shutdown because of COVID nineteen, how did it impact the end of your season? Well, we were probably pretty lucky. We only had one meeting to go, and. So we called it off because of the COVID outbreak. We called it off and it, and it rained that weekend anyway. So it really hasn't impacted on its last season, but uh, the way things are going in Victoria at the moment, it's going to be very, very difficult to see that we're going to get any racing done here, down here before Christmas, I would imagine. Uh, in the, if we have to have the rule where we're uh, 1.5 metres separation, well, you can't race without a crowd. And uh, it's just not looking that great at the moment. Mm. 
you have put out a calendar with uh, November 28, kicking things off again in a in a perfect situation. What? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, and then running was it uh, monthly up until? Yeah, monthly right through that summer period. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You we sort of played in. We've got two or three other tracks: Fairly Places, Darlington, Lang, and Warrnambool uh, and Avalon. So we uh, sort of all get together and have a track meeting and try and not stand on anyone's toes, and everyone races when they can. And you mentioned about not having a crowd. So, what does it mean to the club financially? Yeah, well, cancelling the last meeting when it gets rained out probably saved you money, but. Every meeting you miss, what does that do to the club's coffers and the ability to continue the improvements? Um, well, it puts a, a big cost on what we want, we want to be at the moment um, doing our grandstand. But, I mean, because of COVID, we can't sort of all get together and do our working base. But it, it does. Everything just goes into limbo. We're in a position where we're not in any debt. Uh, having said that, we still need probably twelve or $13,000 a year. Um, just to exist, um, we've still got to pay rent. It's a government government uh, facility. The or when the facility we lease the land off the government, so we've got to pay lease. We've still got to pay power and all those sort of things. So we've still got to come up with ways. And i racing is one of those ways to still get revenue in, just so we can keep the gates open. It's a challenging time for everyone, but obviously, once you can get racing again the words out about Simpson and uh, people are going to be wanting to come down and just find out why all the improvements have made it the most improved track in Australia. Yeah, no, we appreciate that. And uh, we, we hope it does. We, we get people come down now from drive down from Sydney to, to watch the race at Simpson, which I, you know, five or six years ago, the goal was just to make a great race track where it's um, back for the competitors. And if it's good racing, the, the, the fans will come along and, and that's proven to be the way it is. And, we hope that continues when everything gets back to normal. And I can imagine with the new lighting technology that you've been able to put in, you can see, you know, you can almost see the drivers change their mind in the cockpit. Yeah, no, the, the new lighting, we were a little bit worried that on the first night of the Formula 500 Australian title, it was 44 degrees. It was the hottest day we've had in a year by about 10 degrees. And uh, they put the wrong lenses on, so we had sort of like spotlights. So they walked, worked all day in 40-degree day. Uh, we had a couple of the Rankins down there and, and uh, Robbie were up to the high tower and they worked all day in 40-degree eight and um, put the lenses on. And when we switched them on, the lighting now is just fantastic. Yeah, everybody said they didn't notice the old lighting. They thought it was pretty good, but it was like 35 years old. So we're getting to the point we couldn't buy globes for the new lighting. We knew we had to do something. And... Um, it's turned out to be just fantastic. Mm. Well, we wish you all the best for the ongoing improvements at Simpson Speedway. And, Alan, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you here today. I appreciate the call, Craig. Any time at all, mate. Our thanks to Alan Simmons there from Simpson Speedway. And congratulations once again to all the club. Up next, Jack Evans. <laughs> We're joined this week on Inside Speedway with Jacqueline Eakins. And Jacqueline, congratulations, Speedway Australia, picking up the award for Official and Volunteer of the Year. That's a, a great award to be uh, the recipient of. 
yeah, it was really um, it was really humbling to receive that award and get that acknowledgement. Um, I was definitely very surprised by it, but it was um, a really great award to achieve. And you work up in the Northern Territory and I guess with a name like Eggins, you certainly uh, have got the motor racing bug in the, uh, in the genes. Yeah, definitely. Speedway particularly has been a part of my childhood growing up, uh, always watching my dad race and travelling around uh, while he raced. And as I got a bit older, I got more involved in the uh, event organising and committee sites, Northland Speedway, and it's sort of just taken off from there. Did you ever get a chance to drive a car or do anything like that? No, I never got in the car and drove. Um, it's not been something that particularly interests me as much, but I definitely love the sport and have taken more of a focus towards organisation and management at Speedway. So at Northline, what's been your role throughout the last few years? So I first started out um, joining the executive committee as a business manager there, and as we started to develop the Charity Funder series, I've taken on the role as event director for that event. And Chariots of Thunder also picked up a uh, gong at the Speedway Awards, so really involved in two um, award-winning efforts. Yeah, it was really great for that event to pick up promotional item of the year. We do a lot of stuff with um, our local council and government around activating the CBD and various hotspots around Darwin and bringing fan engagement outside of the track and just trying to provide a different angle to get people interested in the sport. So that was really great that that event picked that up as well. What has been the thing that you've enjoyed being able to bring to Speedway up there? I think it's just a a different experience uh, and perspective to to Speedway. I obviously organise events as part of my full-time role and and just bringing uh, an extra level of knowledge and experience to try and build up what is already a great foundation and provide some more expertise around events and and customer service and and management style. I can only imagine when they realised they had you on board and the Northern Territory events were promoting motor racing that they figured they had someone hooked to be putting in plenty of hours making sure all those NT events go well. Yeah, it's definitely uh, been a nice synergy and it's been a, a great opportunity to sort of link in those and, and join in full circle. What's the hardest thing when you're trying to sell Speedway to businesses and to other, even government? We've got a really great working relationship with the Northern Territory Government for a lot of support of Motorsports NT. Um, the so probably more the challenging side is that Speedway in terms of motorsports awareness is, is not up in, in that, that prevalence of like supercars. So it's getting people who don't know about the sport or aren't familiar with the sport engaged. As soon as we get those sponsors and those people on the track, they're purely amazed, particularly talking from a sprint car perspective of what those cars and that event can do. So it, it's really about just getting the education out there about the sport and how great it is and what great racing it can produce and it's got a lot of potential but it's just getting people in front to see that live. So how has the COVID situation affected what's going on up there in the NT and with events like Speedway, supercars and of course we saw the cancellation of the Fink Desert Rally um, which was supposed to be run just a, a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, I, I think COVID's obviously taken its toll across Australia on events and the event industry. Obviously, we had to um, cancel Chariots of Thunder 2020 and the DSRDA season. Uh, there were just too many risks associated with something that people aren't sure where this is going and every day it's an evolving situation. Um, so we were pretty lucky that we made a decision really early on and gave a lot of people preparedness for chariots and things like that rather than letting it drag out too long. Obviously, the NT is in a quite a lucky position with where it is at the moment compared to um, many other states in Australia. But uh, from a speedway perspective, we just uh, had to make a decision earlier on, which we did in consultation with a lot of competitors, volunteers, our membership and our key stakeholders. Now, what is the uh, reach of Northline Speedway into the community up there? Northline Speedway's got a really great reach in, in the Territory, and the Territory is very well known to be quite a, a motorsport enthusiast city. Um, so there's not a lot of people in the Darwin who haven't heard of Speedway or know what Speedway's about. Um, so that, that's been a, a really great asset to have is that, that backing of motorsport in, in the Territory. And is the track able to be activated for other, other things as well as Speedway events? Yeah, that's definitely been something that's been formed part of our strategic plan for the DSRDA is to, to look at how we better utilise that facility. We're obviously very capped in our seasons about when we can run. Uh, we have the dry season and the wet season, so we've done a lot of work around how we can capitalise that venue in the times that we aren't using it. In recent years, we've uh, gained the support from the monster trucks who've come and run an event there each year, and now we're starting to branch out into some more uh, smaller events and different unique niche events. So we've got an obstacle hell being held there, uh, similar to like a Miss Muddy or something like that, where they run that through the wet season. So that's something that we're consistently looking at, about how we can mm-hmm. bring in other events to run at that venue. And when you're looking at uh, setting up and running an event like that, how many pieces are there in the puzzle and how long does it take to put together? Uh, you know, obviously there's a regular night and then there's the, the chariots. Yeah, so chariots, um, chariots surprisingly, we run planning for that pretty much 10 to 11 months of the year. Uh, we start out with a, a really small crew of people who are sort of core and essential to that organising committee, which is obviously our DSRDA executive, um, Jason McIver, Tegan Peck and Alex Dickens. Um, so we look at, in the in the very early stages, about budget planning, how we're going to improve this year, and then we really build out that team um, six months sort of out from an event and we start building in front of house managers and, and volunteer coordinators and social media people and all of that. So it really sort of, the planning never stops. The moment we sort of finish, we get into a debrief mode and then we restart planning again. It's definitely, from a volunteer perspective, a lot of extra sort of hours that we kind of impose on them. But because we've got such a dedicated team of people, it, it, it just kind of happens naturally and we've got some really great people who just love dedicating their time to those events. Do you remember your first time going to a speedway? Honestly, no. I reckon I was going when I was still above in arms with my mum. <laughs> um, but I definitely have a lot of fond memories when I w- was starting to get to probably more that six to seven mark of being around the track and, 
And then I know that when I was probably around about 15, 16, I was helping out in timing. Back then it was very a manual process that we were doing with timing and stuff, but um, very early on was I at a track. And then you obviously geared your studies towards event management and those types of things? Yeah, so I, uh, I went to boarding school in Adelaide and then when I came back, I, I knew straight away that events were sort of where I wanted to be and was very fortunate enough that I was able um, to leave school straight away and, and move straight into a position at NT Major Events Company um, and sort of just grew from there. So how many years have you been in this role? Uh, so I've worked uh, for NT Major Events since 2019. No. 2013, sorry. I'm getting very confused <laughs> in my years. Uh, 2013, yeah. And how many different types of events? We've spoken about the motorsport, but what other types of events do you uh, get to, to work through and plan with? Oh, we have a really great range of events that we bring to the Territory. So we have uh, Bass in the Grass Music Festival. Uh, we have another event in Alice Springs called Red Sun Nuts and Parchama. Um, and then Territory Day, which is uh, on the 1st of July, which is otherwise known as Cracker Night. So we've got, our, we've got our hands in some really great range of events from a music, from a motorsport and from a cultural perspective. And how many of those are you right in the midst of? Uh, with, with the team that we have, everyone sort of has a, a strong touch point with most of our events in our portfolio. So what are you hoping coming out of the uh, COVID in 2021, what are you hoping to be able to build up for that that season up there at Northline? We're definitely looking at how we can over improve and, and come back in a really big and exciting way, for, especially for the Territory and for Chariots. Um, we are looking specifically at Chariots in how we can develop and grow that event to be something than uh, more than a Darwin event. So we are looking... Um, and working very closely with Motorsports NT about how we can integrate um, other tracks in the Territory and build out a series. But that's something that we're working through as a long-term strategic plan and and hopefully that will come to fruition, um, if not next year, but uh, the year after. I know that there used to be a couple of really big drag races uh, that used to come up during the southern winter and uh, race at Hidden Valley. Are they still able, are they still part of the uh, NT events mix? Uh, so the, the, the drag racing and the local motorsports clubs uh, are outside of NT major event, event portfolios. They more sit under the uh, uh, motorsports NT banner. Um, there's definitely been a, a few local clubs that have been able to maintain probably more of a localised um, event season this year, which has been really great for them and, and, and kudos to them for being able to still power through in that way. Well, Jacqueline, it's been a pleasure catching up with you here on Inside Speedway and uh, congratulations once again on the official slash volunteer of the year award. It sounds like it uh, is going to be a big year ahead for you guys up there at Northline. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my thanks to Jacqueline Eggins there. Congratulations once again to all the Speedway Australia Award winners. Well, until next week, keep smiling. And bye for now. Tune in next week for more on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. 
Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.